a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. But this morning I want to look particularly uh, about personal prayer. You, you, you and God, if you like. Now, if you grew up uh, in a church environment, if maybe you went to church as a kid or as a young person, probably you were taught about having a quiet time. Anybody remember that? You were, you know, you're taught about the importance of your, of your quiet time. Uh, and it's absolutely right that those sort of times are important. But from my memory, what I remember is the emphasis on something that, that I needed to do. It was something that I had to do. I had to make sure I had my quiet time with God. And you know, it's like saying you must say your prayers. You know, maybe you heard it put like that, perhaps. And that's not a bad thing, having time alone with God. And we're going to look at that a bit more this morning. But rather, having the emphasis about, you know, you, you, you must say your prayers or you must have a quiet time. What I want to emphasize this morning is actually, it's about a relationship. It's not about you having your quiet time. It's not about you saying your prayers, but rather it's about you and God having a relationship. And that's the sort of the background to what I want to talk about this morning. And to help us with that, help us talking about having a relationship with our Father, we're going to look at the example of Jesus. Seems a good example to look at, don't you agree? Hoping you'll agree with me on that. That's what we're going to look, do this morning. Look at the example of Jesus to see how he had a relationship with his father. And then on the back end of this preach, we're going to look at some practical things on, on how you pray. Okay, so that's, that's my agenda for this morning. And uh, I'm trusting that uh, God will speak to us as we go. So let's pray, shall we, and ask the Holy Spirit to, to help us. Jesus, thank you for the privilege we have of having a relationship with you, a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And I pray now, Lord, as we spend these moments looking at this subject together, that, Lord Jesus, you would come and teach us, please. Holy Spirit, I pray that uh, you would take the words that I say, take uh, the words of Scripture as well, Lord, and apply them to our lives. Help us to learn something together this morning. We ask it, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look at then at the example of Jesus in the way that he had a relationship with his father. And the first thing to note, number one, if you're taking notes, is Jesus was private in his praying. Jesus was private in his praying. Mark 1 verse 35 says this, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place, where he prayed. Luke puts it like this in Luke 5.16. But Jesus often withdrew to, a, to lonely places and prayed. This was not unusual for Jesus. This was Jesus' typical way of spending time with his father. If you had Jesus to stay with you in your house, you would know early in the morning you would hear somebody get up move around downstairs, and rather than think, oh, who, who's up so early? If you'd had Jesus to stay before, you would know that this was Jesus' pattern. 
This is what he did. Very early, while it was still dark, he'd get up, he'd, he'd go out, he'd go to a, a solitary place and be with his father. The disciples wouldn't have been surprised by it. Luke didn't write, you never guess what happened today. Jesus went off and prayed by himself. Never seen it before. He didn't say that. It was like Jesus went off to pray. He went off to be with his father. He often did that. Jesus often withdrew. It was typical of Jesus. You see, to develop a relationship with someone, bear in mind that Jesus was in a relationship with his Father. It wasn't about him saying his prayers or it wasn't about him having his quiet time. He was in a relationship with his Father. And to develop a relationship with somebody, you need to spend time with them on your own, don't you? That's how you grow in a relationship with someone. For those of you who are married, maybe you can cast your memory back to the times when you were dating just going out. And I, I was thinking about this this week and in days before Sarah and I were married. You know, I can remember that we would, we would go out as a group. Maybe you, know, you can remember, maybe you're in this stage now if you're not married. Maybe you, know, you go out as a group with your friends. And uh, maybe it's just me. I'm sure it was you as well. Would, you know, you, you'd manoeuvre where you were seating, where you were sitting, hoping that you'd sit next to the certain person you're interested in. Was that just me or was that some of you as well? Or maybe if you went to the cinema, you were thinking, if we queue up like this, if I just move there, then we can get our tickets together and, and we'll have to sit next to each other. I think it was just you. Guys. It was just me. Uh, well, I, I'm telling you about how it was for me. But then when, when, when it got serious, you know, we'd spend time on our own together. It was great to hang out as a group, but to get to know one another well, we'd want to spend time with each other on our own. And it doesn't just happen by accident, does it? You need to be intentional about it. Sarah and I were, were talking this week about uh, the difference between communication when you're going out and communication when you're married. Now, this is not my subject for this morning, but bear with me on this. When you're going out with somebody, all your communication is, is just on the level of relationship. And you're, you're looking to develop a relationship with one another. You're looking to find out about the person that you're spending time with. You're looking to get to know them, to find out what they like or what they don't like, you to, to express an interest in what they're doing. When you're married, if you're not careful, your communication can, can become... This is the shopping list for this week. And uh, are you picking the kids up or am I? And it becomes very practical about running the home. And what you need to do is to be very intentional about making sure that you're building the relationship as well as running the home or running the family. We were remembering a, a conversation that we had when I think we were going out. I had a meeting in Surrey. Uh, in Woking, I think it was. And Sarah was back here in Derby. And I phoned her as I left my meeting Hands-free, of course, obviously, very legal. And we were still on the phone as I was sort of driving into Derby. And we were just chatting, just getting to know one another more and more. Now what we need to do is to make sure that, you know, we spend time with one another on a quality level. Not just talking about the shopping list or where the kids are going this week or what our plans are, but communicating on a heart level. And if, you, if you're married, you need to make sure that you give time to that as well. For us, we try and have dinner on our own once a week, get the kids to bed and then just spend some time together over a meal or go out and have a drink or, or a meal out. Just doing something creative 
in order to feed our relationship because that's important to us. How much more should our relationship with our Heavenly Father be? If we have to be intentional about feeding our relationship in our marriage, how much more should we be intentional about growing in our relationship with our Heavenly Father? Because that's what it's about. Jesus was private in his praying because it was about his relationship with his Father. And for Jesus, time alone with his Father was essential. It was absolutely imperative. It wasn't just an optional extra. It wasn't, you know, he just got on with stuff down here while his Father was in heaven and every now and then he'd sort of check in. (laughs) It was absolutely foundational to what he was doing, to who he was that relationship with his father. He knew that everything else followed out of this. I've been reading a book this week by R.T. Kenzel called Did You Think to Pray? I actually went into Wesley Owen to buy a different book. I didn't have it, but I bought this one. And I'm very glad I did. I would recommend this to you. In this season of prayer, if you want to get hold of a book on prayer, buy this book. You can get it from Wesley Owen in the city centre. They've got some copies in. I would highly recommend it to you. R.T. Kendall, did you think to pray? And I was reading that this week. And uh, on the back cover it says this. Children spell love T-I-M-E. What if God spells love T-I-M-E? It goes on. Prayer is one of the most fundamental practices of the Christian faith. Yet how many of us really commit adequate time to talking to God? I would recommend this book to you. I'm sure it will help you in your prayer life. So my question to you is this. How do you pray? Where do you pray? And when do you pray? I've discovered that uh, in terms of where you pray, uh, uh, for me, I've said this before, I find walking and praying quite helpful. I'm not great if I sit down in a comfortable chair in a warm room with a mug of tea to have a dynamic and exciting time with God. I find that those times with God are more restful and peaceful. And the temptation to snooze is very high. Now, I'm being vulnerable with you. So for me, I I like getting out. I like getting out and walking and praying and being with God. But I've discovered this. I've discovered if I do a certain walk around our house, which is about, uh, I guess, three miles in length, takes me if I'm going to walk and pray, probably about an hour, then that, that can be a great time with God. If I'm just walking into the office, which again can take me 45 minutes to an hour, I find it isn't quite the same. And I was thinking about that this week. I'm thinking, I'm outside, I'm walking. Why is it different? And I think the difference is this. The difference is because I'm being intentional. I'm saying, God, I'm out for you. This is why I'm walking. This is why I'm praying. I want to be with you. It's not that I've got to get somewhere and God's coming with me on the way. Now, it's true he does. But I have found that, for me, being intentional about it is very helpful. I guess it's the same if you're going out for a walk with your best friend or your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife. Then if you're going out just for the purpose of walking and being with them, that's probably going to be better quality time if you're just saying, hey, I've got to go here, do you want to come with me? 
We need to be intentional about the time we spend with God. Kevin Gill's word last Sunday was so helpful in this when he said that um, God had got his diary out for 2010 and he was writing in it or written in it time to spend with each of us. He'd written in times that he was going to spend with us as a church, written in times that he was going to spend with individuals and God had put it in. I found it such an encouragement, so helpful to us. And Matt's Matt Waring's follow-on word to that was, if you've got a handwritten diary, then you can tell who's written that entry in. And you can tell that it's God that's put it in there. For me, I use a computerized diary. And uh, my sort of follow-on picture to that was, mate, mate, you get a meeting request sometimes if you use an electronic diary. Maybe you do at work. And then you have to do something with that meeting request. Either you can say, yes, I'm going to attend. Or you can say, no, I'm not coming. Or you can just leave it there in your inbox while you decide what you do with it. So I wonder, have you replied to God's invitation to you to spend time with you? Because he wants to. God likes being with you. He loves to be around you. So I wonder what you've done with his invitation. Now my guess is that you would not reply, probably most of you here, if not all of you, you wouldn't reply no. You wouldn't reply, no, I'm not coming. No, I'm not going to do that, God. Maybe you've already replied, yes, Lord, I want to spend time with you. But maybe this morning, many of you, that invitation is, as it were, just sitting still in your inbox, waiting for action. You haven't yet replied to God. I wonder what your reply will be. Because he wants to spend time with you. As I've said, for me, with withdrawing, getting out somewhere, I find very helpful. There are some places I go where I know I can walk and be with God. I'm not going to tell you where they are because they're my places. <laughs> you need to find your places. Now, I love to see you around, but just in those times, I just wanted it to be me and God. But you can find places that work for you. And I found this to be true as well. Because there are places that previously I've met with God, I find if I go back to them again, I know that I've met God there before. So there's a certain walk I do where before we moved here to the quad, I spent a lot of time walking and praying there. And I spent a lot of time saying, God, please, would we be able to meet at the quad? Please, would you open it up to us? When it wasn't looking like it was going to happen, I went there and prayed, God, please, would it happen? And it did. And I went back there and prayed, Lord, now we need some money. And I prayed, God, we've got this special offering. It seems like a crazy amount, but, but I know you answered my prayer before here, so I'm asking you again now, Lord, for this money. You know what? God came through. And now when I go there and walk, and I still do, and I was there this week, I can remember prayers that God has answered there. And I find that, that builds my faith. Because I can say, God, I know, as I was doing this walk, you answered this prayer. You answered that prayer. Now, Lord, this is what I'm praying. And I find that helpful and it builds my faith. Maybe you'd find things like that helpful as well. Jesus was private in his praying in order to develop the relationship with his father. Secondly, number two, Jesus was purposeful in his praying. Jesus was purposeful in his praying. When Satan was tempting Jesus to deny God and worship him, Jesus answered like this in Matthew chapter 4. He said, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, Jesus knew that his lifeblood was his relationship with his heavenly Father. 
Without that, he couldn't function. Now, you and I know that if we don't eat or drink, we don't function so well, particularly if it's for an extended period of time. We've got to eat and drink to be healthy. For Jesus, he knew that he'd got to spend time with his father. I wonder, do we see that in the same light? Do we put it in the same category as, well, I've got to eat and drink to live? For you to grow in your relationship with God, you've got to spend time with him. See, for Jesus, this wasn't an optional extra. It was vital to his life. And and friends, this morning, I want to suggest to us that this is vital to our lives as Christians. It's so easy sometimes just to go through the motions and you know, be here on a Sunday morning and, and sing and raise our hands and, and get out in the week and so God just gets put back and back and back and we find ourselves next Sunday hunting around for our Bible thing. Where did I put it when I came in from church last week? And we suddenly realize the week's gone past and we haven't spent that time that we hoped to with our Father. And we come again and God doesn't condemn us. He just says, hey, I've missed you. I've missed you. So Jesus, he was purposeful in his praying to develop that relationship with him. Now, we often talk, don't we, about the importance of reading God's word. And and friends, it is important. I would encourage you to do that. Just to read it, because that's the thing you should do. No, no, no. You want to read this book so you get to know about God. But not just get to know about God. Because as you read this book, you get to know God. You get to know the author behind all that's written in it. It's not just about getting to know about God, some great stories and things that he's done and people that have served him. No, no. It's good to know those things, but it's more than that. It's getting to know the author. Do you find that as you read a book? It Maybe if you've read a number of books by a particular author, you get to know them a bit, don't you? You get to know their style. You can guess what's coming next, maybe. God wants you to get to know him as the author of his words. And sometimes we think we've, uh, we, we, we've done our Bible reading, you know, we, we, we've read that bit, we've learned the story, but if that's it, we've missed the point. God wants us to get to know him. He wants to reveal himself to us. So I wonder, how are you doing in reading God's words? Is that going well for you, or do you find it a bit of a struggle sometimes? Have you got a plan, even? Or is it just a, a random, oh, I wonder what i read today? Maybe having a plan would be a good thing. Read some notes that go alongside it, perhaps, or, or, or work your way through reading the Bible. Are you purposeful in praying, purposeful in reading God's words? Number three, Jesus was powerful. In his praying. Jesus was powerful in his praying. Interestingly, particularly when it comes to the subject of healing, you'll find that Jesus didn't really pray for the sick. He commanded them to get well. And um, as you look through various accounts of Jesus healing people in the Gospels, you'll find that time and time again. So I was looking at the story of Lazarus this week. And maybe you know the story. Lazarus is very ill. And his sister's sent for Jesus, saying, Lazarus is ill, you've got to come. And Jesus doesn't go straight away. He says, no, no, it's better I don't come yet. But I will, but not just yet. And then Lazarus goes and dies. They're thinking, oh man, what's happened now? And his sisters are thinking, if only Jesus had come, it would have been fine. But Jesus knows what he's doing. Jesus always knows what he's doing. 
And so he gets there eventually. And um, Jesus says, did I not tell you that if you believed, you'd see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe you have sent me. When he said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus comes out of the tomb, back to life. It's an amazing miracle. He'd been dead for several days, four days, John tells us. Probably been a bit smelly by then. But anyway, he comes out, back to life. And I was reading this this week. I was thinking, Jesus says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I'm thinking, when did he hear him? John doesn't tell us that Jesus got down on his knees and prayed. Matt was in the office this week. I said to him, when did Jesus pray? John doesn't tell us there. And you can go back some verses and, and see that Jesus knew what he was doing and he knew that it was going to be all right. When did Jesus actually pray? Well, you see, everything that Jesus did came out of his relationship with his Father. Absolutely everything. So he could be powerful in his praying and in his ministry, even though right now he didn't pray for Lazarus, he commanded him to, to come out because Jesus had already prayed. That was his lifestyle. That's what he did. Everything he saw the Father doing, he was, he was doing. John 5, 19, Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Now, that certainly makes a powerful praying, doesn't it? If you're doing what you're seeing your Father doing. James chapter 5, verse 16 says this, The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. That's a good promise, isn't it? That's something to stick on the fridge. That's one to write down and put on the top of your mirror. The prayer of a righteous man or woman is powerful and effective. So who feels righteous this morning? Anyone feeling righteous this morning? Listen, we can sometimes think, oh, I don't feel very righteous, therefore oh, I don't think my prayers going to be very powerful. Listen, righteousness is not about how you feel. Paul says this in Romans 3, But now a righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to the particularly mature who believe. Is that what it says? It doesn't say that. It says this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Turn to the person next to you and say, to all who believe. To all. This righteousness comes from God if you've believed. So if you've believed in Jesus Christ, if you've got faith in him, then you are declared righteous. I'm going to ask you again. Who's righteous this morning? You are if you've trusted in Jesus. You see, it's not about how you feel. It's about what God has done. Your prayer can be powerful and effective. It doesn't matter about how you feel. It's about something that God has done. As if to prove the point, James in uh, James 5 there goes on to talk about Elijah, whom he describes as a man just like us. Now, if you remember Elijah, some pretty amazing miracles, calling fire down from heaven, one occasion. You've got uh, Elijah saying, 
I'm going to pray now and it's not going to rain. And it doesn't rain for several years. Then he goes to the king and says, I'm going to pray now and it will rain. And it rains. And yet you think, wow, that's you know, pretty powerful ministry there. And yet James describes him as someone just like us. Just like us. Just like you. 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 Just like me. Elijah was a man just like us, but he was powerful in prayer out of his relationship with God. Jesus was powerful in prayer out of his relationship with his Father. Friends, you can be powerful in prayer out of your relationship with your Father. That's what Jesus wants for each of us, to be powerful in our praying. So as we begin to... uh, to wrap this up to a conclusion. Let's think practically now about how to pray. Now, for some of you, you've been Christians for years. I recognize that. I don't want to teach you to suck eggs, but I am hoping that what we talk about will be an encouragement to you and help remind you of some things that maybe you haven't heard for a while. Those of you who haven't been a Christian so long, I'm trusting this will serve you and help you as you grow in your relationship with God. So how do you pray? How do you pray? Well, it's out of relationship. Jesus says this in Matthew 7. Matthew 7, Matthew 7 verse 9 says this. Which of you, Jesus says, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? It speaks of a relationship, doesn't it? It speaks of a relationship between a father and a child, and a a good relationship. Maybe your experience with your dad wasn't so great. Well, our experience with God, our heavenly Father, can be excellent. And that's what Jesus is describing here. So when we come to pray... We we pray out of relationship so we can come confidently. We can come expectantly. We don't have to pray sort of wussy, half-hearted, limp prayers that have all these caveats around them going, Lord, if if you wouldn't mind, please, do you think you could possibly see your way to on a good day? Would you think about... No, no, no. We come to a father who loves to be with his children. We can say, God, I want to come to you and ask you for this. We can come confidently, expectantly. We need to be persistent sometimes in the way we come to God and ask him for things. But how do you structure your time with God? How does it work? What do you do in that time that you've put aside to be with him? Well, my, my suggestion to you is this. Don't overstructure it. Don't overstructure it. You know, if you're going out with your friends for an evening, do you take an agenda with you? So, okay, we're going to go out for the evening to the pub for a drink, but here's my list of things we're going to do. So between 7 and 10 past, we're going to talk about this. Between 10 past 7 and 20 past, this is what we're going to do. You don't structure it like this. You go out and spend an evening with friends, and there's relationship, and there's fun and laughter, and you share heart, and you talk about your life, and you discuss what's going on. You ask how they're doing. They ask how you're doing. Our relationship with God should be that, our relationship. So don't overstructure it. But having said that, I think some structure is helpful to remind us of certain things that it's good to include. 
So I hope I'm not saying the opposite. I'm saying don't overstructure it. But having some structure to help us and to serve us is a good idea. But bear in mind that structure should serve you, not the other way around. It's not that you work your way through it and tick off box and think, I'm done now, God, I'm out of here. But rather it should help you in your relationship with him. And one of the best structures I've heard is this, acts. This, this tells you some things to include as you pray. And each of these letters stands for something. A stands for adoration. C, confession. T, thanksgiving. And S, supplication. Acts. So the first one is adoration. It's worship. You come and you love God. Maybe you pick up some psalms. Maybe you just sing some songs. You sing some scripture. You worship God. Why? Because he's worthy. Regardless of what you're going to ask for or come to in a moment, God is God and he is worthy of our praise. So you come and you adore, you worship, and you can sing. Number two, the C is confession. Confess sin. As the Holy Spirit brings it to mind, confess it, repent of it, get rid of it. Ask God to deal with it. Ask him to help you to overcome. Thank God for his promise of forgiveness. So confess sin. The third one, T, is thanksgiving. What have you got to be thankful for? Lots of things. I want to suggest, maybe write a list this week. What have you got to be thankful for? Recall answered prayer, because that helps build your faith, as I was talking about earlier. Be grateful. God loves gratitude. But you know, he doesn't much like ingratitude. Do you remember the ten lepers that Jesus healed? Only one went back to thank Jesus. And Jesus was like, where are the nine? Weren't there ten of you? Where are the others? Ingratitude didn't impress him. But God loves gratitude. So be grateful. Be thankful. This T is thanksgiving. Be thankful. And the S is supplication, which is asking God for things. Praying for other people. Praying for your family, maybe. Praying for world issues. Praying for the church. Praying for yourself. And maybe you'll have a list of things that you work through. You know, well, I've committed to praying for this or that person. You might write it down. Sometimes over the years I've used a prayer list. Sometimes I haven't. I think actually I need to get back into doing that. I think it would help me. Maybe it would help you as we ask God for these things. And so as you hit those things in your prayer time, you know that you're covering good things. And for me, how it works is I might start off with worship. I might confess any sin that I need to as the Holy Spirit brings it to mind. I might go back to worship. Then I might thank God for a bit. I might go back to worship again. Then the Holy Spirit might remind me of something else I need to confess. And then there's more worship and thanksgiving. And then I might ask God for some things. And then I might go back to worship again. So you can mix it up. It's not that you go through each one and think, I'm done here, I'm out of it. But rather, this structure is meant to help you and serve you as you pray. But as well as that in your time with God, I'd urge you to, to read his words. Get hold of the Bible. Don't think, oh, I've got to spend time with God in prayer, and, and then I'm going to read my Bible. No, no, it's all about your relationship with him. So get your Bible open. Be praying. Be, be reading scripture. Be asking God to speak to you. Go back to more prayer. You don't have to separate it out. It's all about your relationship with him. Maybe praying in tongues you would find helpful. Praying in tongues is a great gift that the Holy Spirit gives to us to help us with our relationship with God, to help us to pray. Sometimes you just don't know what to pray. You ever been in that situation? Think, God, I just don't know how to pray now. 
or your spirit prays. The Holy Spirit enables you to pray in tongues, a, a language that you haven't learned, or a heavenly language maybe. So helpful. R.T. Kendall, in his book that I referred to earlier, says this about praying in tongues. He, he says this, Jackie Pullinger, the legendary servant of Christ, who has worked with drug addicts in Hong Kong, told me how her ministry there took off. She said she began praying in tongues for 15 minutes a day, by the clock, she said. I felt nothing, she went on to say. But that is when we began to see conversions. So there is a spiritual dynamic to praying in tongues. Ram Babu, an Indian evangelist who uh, we've seen it in this country as well, so many people saved, many healed, often testifies to how he prays in tongues for, for hours before ministering, before preaching, and sees amazing things. It just seems it helps us in prayer. There's a spiritual dynamic. It's a gift that God has given to us to use, and we will be wise to use it. What about fasting? Well, there are many occasions in Scripture where prayer is accompanied by fasting, isn't there? Uh, you know, giving up uh, a food for a while. Maybe for us nowadays, it might be giving up food, or it might be giving up television or, or something else we like in order to say to God, Lord, I'm serious about this. I want to spend time with you. And maybe that time you would have devoted to something else, you devote to God instead. And God can see that you're serious about it. Sometimes there's a, a corporate fast. And we say as a church, we're going to fast and pray. That's right as well sometimes. And I think there'll be seasons of that in this season of prayer as well. And if it's just between you and God, then keep it like that. Don't brag about it. Maybe you need to explain to the people you're not eating with at the dinner table. But other than that, just keep it between you and God. You don't get any spiritual brownie points for, for bragging about how you fasted this week. But fasting can help us sometimes in praying. We can look over the next couple of weeks about uh, using the Lord's Prayer as we pray and the, the model that Jesus gave us there. But just as I close, don't forget to spend time listening to God as well. It's a relationship, remember? It's a two-way thing. I can think of, of times where uh, I've been out for an evening with somebody and uh, it seems to be all one way. Now, there isn't anybody here, it's not, none of you, but, but rather I was expecting an evening of friendship and it just seems to be one way. And, uh, you know, they're, they're offloading on me and telling me things and then at no point did they ask how I was doing. And you sort of come away from those sort of times feeling quite drained, don't you, sometimes? Whereas if I'm out for an evening with my friends, I know that it'll be a two-way thing. They'll ask how I'm doing and I'll ask how they're doing. And there's relationship there. I can think of people I love to spend time with because I know that when I come away from them, I'll be encouraged because they would have you know, asked me questions and encouraged me. Well, our time with God should be two-way as well. Let's make sure we give time to listen to what God has to say to us. Sometimes we say things like, oh, God hasn't spoken to me. He didn't say anything. Listen, the, the problem is very often not God not saying anything. It's us not listening. Let's make sure that we give time to being quiet before God and listen to him. Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Let's make sure we're still sometimes and listen to God as well. Matt, do you guys want to come up? We're going to sing in a moment. 
that Jesus was private in his praying. He was purposeful. He, he was powerful. And friends, you and I can be private in our praying to feed our relationship with God. We can be very purposeful about it. And you know what? We can be powerful and effective in our praying as well. And God wants that relationship with us. Guess what? God loves to spend time with you. He loves it. As you set aside time to be with him, maybe you open your Bible. Maybe you say, God, I'm just going to spend some time with you now in prayer. God loves it. He really does. And we think, oh, I, I, I need to spend time with God. Listen, such a smile comes over his face as we enter his presence. He loves to be with you. Now, we love to be with him, and it's an awesome privilege, isn't it, for us to spend time with the creator God of the universe. My friends, he loves to spend time with you as well. We're going to close here. We're going to pray, actually, before we finish. Matt's going to lead us in a song in a moment. And there, there are two groups of people I want to pray for this morning. The first group is this. If, if you're thinking, if you're maybe stirred this morning, you're thinking, yeah, I, I, I know I want to spend more time with God, but I just struggle with it sometimes. Then I want to pray for you. That God will put a fresh desire in your heart to spend time with him. That you would know it's not about you having a quiet time. You've got to read your Bible and it's got to go through a list. It's not about that, but rather it's about your father who loves to spend time with you. I want to pray for you if that's you this morning. You're thinking, yeah, I want to do this, but I've just struggled with it in the past. Then we're going to pray for you. Charlotte, I'd love you to come and pray for people for that. If you could do that for me, that would that'd be great. We're going to pray. But maybe also the second category is this. If you're thinking, I'd love to pray in tongues, but it's just never happened for me. Then I'd love to pray for you this morning, that God will give you that gift and that it help you grow in that as you develop your relationship with him. Because that makes sense. That's how we're going to pray uh, just before we finish our time together. So why don't we stand? Matt's going to lead us in a song. And if you'd like to respond to either of those things, then if you'd like to please come to the front. Um, maybe if we say over this side, uh, if you'd like to be encouraged in prayer, have fresh faith for it, and uh, you know, a fresh desire to spend time with God, you come over this side. And if you'd like us to, to pray for you to receive the gift of praying in tongues, then you come over this side where John's standing, and we'll, we'll pray for you as well, okay? Then I'm just going to pray now, and then Matt's going to lead us in a song. You can do that, Matt. And then we're going to pray together before we finish. Lord Jesus, thank you for the model we have in you and the way that you spent time with your Father. And I pray for each of us this morning that you would encourage us in our relationship with you. Lord, thank you it's not about ticking off a list or working our way through a quiet time, but it's about spending relationship and time with our Father. And so for each of us, I pray this morning, you'd encourage us in it, that we would grow in it. Lord, in this season of prayer as a church, I pray for all of us, Lord God, that we would move on in our relationship with you, we'd grow in our relationship with you. Father, this would be a season of spiritual growth, Lord, right across the church for each of us, Lord, that we might spend more time in prayer with you, we might grow in our relationship with you, that, Father, as a church we'd grow and as individuals we'll be growing too. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening.
listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.